All right, welcome back to another episode of Inside Flicks. This is where we talk about everything in the world of movies and television. We like to delve into all things related to movies and TV. I'm your host, Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. And, you know, this is going to be a, just a free-form discussion because we, there's nothing, to, you know, we haven't really seen anything of recent, uh, at least regarding uh, the movies in theaters. So we're just going to be talking about some of the things we have watched on uh, television. Uh, me and Rich was able to check out the first two episodes of Ahsoka, which is the new Disney Plus Star Wars uh, series that's getting a lot of buzz right now. Is it? The savior of the franchise uh, will let you know our thoughts very soon. And then uh, Raymond's going to probably talk about some of the things he's been watching on, I don't know, his Blu-ray <laughs> collection, <laughs> his his 4K uh, collection. We'll talk about some of those things. Um, yeah, let's talk about uh, Ahsoka. Um, Rich, <laughs> coming in watching Ahsoka, this is obviously the Dave Filoni-created series this is based on his uh, beloved character, uh, Rosario Dawson is the lead. Uh, it, you know, it had some buzz, uh, obviously, because of the actor strike. Uh, you know, R Rosario wasn't able to kind of promote the show. And I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like there was some buzz in the beginning before the release of the series. And now it seems like no one's talking about it and no one really cares about the show anymore. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. What's your feelings about that? Or, you know, even Raymond, you drop in and if you want to say anything about kind of the promotion of the, of, of the series. I think the marketing for this Ahsoka has been great so far. I mean, I haven't watched it, but I mean, I, I, I've been curious and uh, that that should count towards something because I haven't watched anything Star Wars related in a while, actually. Well, I, I, I kind of agree that it's, it's a, it's another dull outing for Star Wars fans. Um, the, uh, who were waiting they were waiting for this show because this one had a, a lot of potential to be good uh but i knew it was head, it's it, it's um it's headed by uh the um dave filoni the um and so far all the the stuff that he's been directing is just exactly like the first episode of this one and, and kind of like the second episode of this this ahsoka is just drab um he doesn't know how to direct uh, people and uh uh, live action people and uh, he, he still hasn't learned enough and his action scenes are just so almost as slow as the dialogue that he delivers it's just it's just bad when it comes to, the act, to his action scenes that he's um, directing it's just um, it's, it's not impressive at all and we should say that you're a big fan of the original Star Wars films but you're not really a big fan of those, you know, animated uh, series that Dave Filoni no. has created, and uh, and you kind of been up and down with some of the live action series on Disney Plus. Um, I, I think after watching the first two episodes of ah Ahsoka, it, to me it really feels like I don't know if anyone cares. I, I personally, I don't think I even care about the Star Wars franchise anymore. Because it, it feels like it's just kind of repeating the same kind of tropes. And, I, you know, for the record, I would say that uh, this Ahsoka series feels like it's trying to go back to the, you know, similar George Lucas uh, vibe. You know, it has all kind of the, you know, the forces very much in, in this in this in this series where, you, you know, the force was kind of missing in Mandalorian. You know, the Mandalorian feels like a Western neo or a neo Western space out opera, of, right? Out of all the, uh, um, out of all the, uh, uh, you know, the the Star Wars shows, Mandalorian was still the better one mm -hmm. uh, until, uh, um, well, I mean, Andor, right? And, and Andor we were, came. Yeah, yeah, we're big fans of Andor, and that has zero. You know, life, life, lightsaber, or or mm. the force, and all that stuff well, is really just. <laughs> well, I, I've I haven't watched the Andor or Mandalorian season three yet. I mean, I, I I want to, but at the same time, like the last couple like Star Wars related projects I've seen were so disappointing, and su such of a kind of overall kind of gave me a feeling that they were kind of just a waste of time. Mm. That I just don't. I haven't really had the motivation to give anything Star Wars related a chance. I mean, I think the marketing for this show has been good, but I mean, I I still don't know if I'm going to give it a chance, especially especially hearing that you like you guys and like hearing other people online 
saying that's not very good. So, um, but but what makes me kind of want what makes me kind of want to see it is though I I did really kind of enjoy the first two seasons of Mandalorian back because I like back when like Mandalorian debuted uh, it, it it was kind of it felt refreshing kind of at the time and like season two was for me a, a huge step up and um ahsoka was such a uh kind of uh she had such a great like uh appearance on that series and i was really looking forward to a show but it just kind of i feel like it took too long <laughs> for something but i don't know at the same time right now i feel like for for me with with star wars like i i need them to take a break like i i miss i miss when star wars was like an event and i miss like you know when you know there was like this kind of like five at least like a five ten year wait or something like for star wars and it felt like something special like now with all these disney plus series and and like uh you know all these like movies that felt just rushed it just i don't know it's just, I, I want them to just take a break <laughs> well on the positive side i think rosario dawson is very good in the show but i think you know you were saying that no, I'm, I was more impressed by Mary Elizabeth Winston uh, on the first up. Uh, okay, I'm surprised she was in this show. I don't know, she is. No, I know, but I, mean, I was surprised that she, you know, w- would do this. Oh, uh, well, I mean, why not? I mean, it's a bit. It's still a high-profile series, and then, you know, yeah. you know, she's friends with Rosario. Or I'm assuming she's friends with Rosario because they worked together on Death Proof, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a reunion of sorts. But um, the, the, here's the thing about what I found puzzling puzzling about uh, uh rosario dawson's performance in this this series it really feels like a, a totally different ahsoka that we've seen uh, at least in the kind of the mandalorian uh guest appearances uh well isn't this supposed to be more of a sequel to uh rebels or whatever or the cl- yeah i think it's the, yeah clone, the clone wars. wars yeah yeah this is definitely and it definitely feels that way this definitely feels like more of a live action adaptation of those cartoon or the animated shows that that Dave, Dave Filoni, which were created by yeah Dave Filoni, and it, and and in, in, in that sense, it feels like kind of more in the vibe or in in that kind of <laughs> Rich says boring or I forgot drab. You said drab, yeah, the drab kind of tone of the prequels. This really feels like kind of almost a sequel to the prequels. You know, even though it takes place after uh, Return of the Jedi, and Ahsoka is a much older person now. I don't know. I really, f- I, I, I find it so, I don't know. It's just so kind of uh, stiffed, I, gu- I guess, you know, it's a stiff kind of show. Everyone yeah. feels stiff. Everyone, feel- but then, then again, that's, I guess that is George Lucas, that's the, right? That's the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. So I, I to, to, to compare to say something like, uh, uh, Andor, Andor. There was feel- no stiffness and there was no stiffness in Andor. Andor feels like like a real world, like like the, the, there was a world there where people lived in, and and there were kind of real characters, and I think they were just trying to do something totally different from what we've seen from the Star Wars franchise or the universe. Well, I, like I didn't watch Andor, but it was isn't Andor like though like basically like like bunch of it's like it's, it's is it like a war series kind of like a bunch of like civilians kind of. Uh, it's it, together and... it's more kind of like a terrorist you know or a uh, um you know insurgent uh it's like the origins of a uh, of a um a rebel army you know it's it's, okay. it's not necessarily an army it's more kind of like spy you know it's like kind of the beginnings right. of, of 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 kind of forming a this organization yeah the rebel the, the rebels yeah. It's still it's still the early days, so it's really kind of uh, I think I mean I think the show is more about kind of understanding why they formed the rebels. You know why was there there was a reason for it. You know why the galaxy was you know um, you know was dominated by the uh, uh, what was the what's the what's the bad people? I forgot what in Star Wars. Rich, what's the the well, the Empire. The Empire. The Empire, right? So when the Empire, you know, so the Empire, what is the Empire? What, 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 the Empire just, it really, in, in Andor, it really feels like, oh, it's just in a, kind of like a really horrible government. 
and you kind of feel that in. Well, in, it's the birth of the empire, basically. Again, I mean, it's just like a, no in Andor. Not really the not really no 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 actually no no that that would be the prequels or whatever. Right. I mean, but, Andor was really kind of like we're in the, we're in. I mean, even though it takes place uh, quite a few years before uh, Rogue One, because uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, Caspian Andor played by Diego Luna, he is supposed to be a much younger. Uh, uh, person in this in this time, even though he mm-hmm. kind of looks a lot older than he did in, in Rogue One, <laughs> but I mean, you can't help that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I mean, the I, the movie, the the show feels like it's built, it's lived in, and there's real characters and people feel actual like writing, right? Actual right. writing. It feels yeah. like right, a real right. series. It feels like a real right. show. So the show, the show's awesome. We get that. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, and, and let's, Ahsoka, talk, let's talk about let's talk about Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. Ahsoka you know, is just. A th- I'm already getting tired of talking about Star Wars. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, 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 Ahsoka, Ahsoka, and this is the problem I have is going back to, to that Filoni or even that George Lucas kind of like uh, uh, tone. It's going back to the the fantasy, and you know, look, I mean, it's more true to to some of the Star Wars lore. I mean. Here in the Soka first two episodes, it's all about like these orbs, these missing orbs that they have mm-hmm. to kind of you know retrieve and star it's a, maps. Yeah, it's all about star maps and all this stuff. And you know we see, we kind of seen this before, and I feel like it's, it's all tired. about MacGuffins and stuff. Yeah, it's it's all kind of like we got chased down the the maps and what does the map show us? And we got the evil guys, and you know we got these ex Jedi and. You know, and everyone's great. I mean, I don't want to say like it's not done well. It's it's done well. It's just like I'm maybe I'm just getting tired of these kind of classic Star Wars storylines or tropes and or plot lines or devices. Well, I, I feel like you get. I feel like, I feel like you're kind of like in the kind of how I feel about like Marvel right now, and maybe oh, yeah. how I feel about Star Wars too. I don't know, but um, it's just there's kind of like an oversaturation, and like if they're not going to be doing something that's like completely new and like reinventing. It's like I I really don't care. Like yeah. and it, they're just doing stuff. It seems like they're just doing stuff that's okay. Like all that stuff that you're talking about, like about like you know like the Force and like Star and like with Star Wars and like you know all all these like uh, like Jedi stuff and I like that stuff. But I mean I, I'm I'm also don't want any of it right now. <laughs> but well, I as think... far as as far as the show goes, I mean also um, I I just found out this that the all the episodes are being written by Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah. So, or at least the first two episodes was written no, by him. No, they all are. Well, okay. So <laughs> we got, we got, you know, this to look forward to. Basically, you're gonna push through it. Probably. It's only six episodes, I think. Yeah, right? six episodes <laughs> are. I mean, what else am I watching on Disney Plus? Well, it's funny because I do like the cast and I like everyone who they they cast. I mean, uh, Ray Stevenson, who this is kind yeah. of. His, Final performance. I, I think it's one of his final performances. Uh, wow. He passed away earlier this year, and he's he's terrific. Yeah, Punisher. The, yeah he's terrific. At, uh, at, and in yeah, his and part. Punisher Warzone. We should talk about that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I gotta. I gotta go. Yeah. Maybe in one of these episodes we will we'll revisit that movie, or I visit for yes. the first time. It's but awesome. like uh, Rich was saying about Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think I think she's doing you know. An, pretty decent job everyone's decent there's a, a new character uh sabine who is the kind of the, the the hero of the show and that actress is doing a good job i'm not sure where she's from but um like i like the cast I like the you know uh ray stevenson has a, a apprentice an evil apprentice and not and she's uh this other girl who i haven't seen before and i think like like i love the casting of it just unfortunately the writing's not that great or it's kind of too traditional or, or or generic and the direction is direction is what it is it's you know we feel like it's shot on the on the volume you know it feels mm-hmm. like it's shot you know in this kind of dome like and there's not much moving around the camera it doesn't feel exciting you know so i don't know it just it's it's a really disappointing thing and i'm kind of really fed up with the but, you know Ahsoka. besides besides um feloni's directing uh, for me, to me, it sounds like the bigger problem is just the writing, and it's just storyline, or is it I just think the major problem is just just the I think the just franchise what, itself. <laughs> I think the franchise. Do you think has... it's just? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Do you think maybe it's just the fact that they're kind of just rushing this Ahsoka series, like that doesn't even need to exist? I don't know. I know. I I I think we haven't, or if, you know, I, I think the Star Wars franchise to me. 
at least. And uh, this is just kind of a new feeling that I, you know, and I just finished episode two just a couple hours ago or an hour ago. Mm -hmm. And the feeling I got is like maybe Star Wars, the franchise, has overstayed its welcome. And I don't know if it's relevant to nowadays, you know, Andor did feel more modern because it was kind of encroaching on like, you know, this kind of, you know, this, and, and, you know, this feeling of like being fed up with bureaucracy, government bureaucracy and all that stuff. And I felt like kind of a, a you know, something that people are, are feeling today, but Ahsoka Dude. feels like kind of a throwback to the prequels, which I did not like. And to like a kind of a more, uh, fantasy George Lucas type of thing, which I, I I don't know if that's the right direction for it. And and Ahsoka's not even doing very well for, if, uh, from from what I understand, right? I did, well, I don't know. I mean, what was the I, nothing what was the really bus? is though. <laughs> I mean, look at the box office. And that's not, I mean, yeah, with the ratings, the ratings is not that great, right? So I and I I think it's getting mixed reviews and 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 I don't know. I, I again I. I I was really kind of looking forward to it. I was looking forward to Rose because I'm a big fan of Rosario Dawson. I think she's a great actress and she never really has gotten her due. Now she has, she's the lead of the series and like, man, it's too bad because, uh, the shows to me feels a little boring. Yeah. It has no pulse. It has no, that's a great, that's a great way to, to say it. it has. It's really kind of like a, like a medium tone to the movie or the show. Mm -hmm. And I just like, yeah. I'm so, not into it <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and thank god stop. it's only six episodes because at least i could finish that i mean yeah, i could i guess i could stop but you know yeah i'm probably not even gonna watch it oh it says here eight episodes yeah maybe i will stop <laughs> <laughs> no. i'll give it a couple more episodes and if it's like not going where it goes i, I don't know i don't know i don't know i mean I, I like the design of it, it was all it's all great yeah uh, David Tennant does a voice of a of a droid, oh, yeah. and I love that droid, the look of that droid. So I mean, there's some really great craftsmanship and art artistry to it, but it just I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like totally over Star Wars now. Maybe that's what it is, and maybe I'm just kind of totally done with but, you know Marvel you know, and, and Star Wars and all. Disney but you know, stuff. you know what's crazy though, man? Like if they were if they were to take a break, like. I don't know if they can repeat that Force Awakens success. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Look what happened like since um, the last Indiana Jones movie, which you know was a long time ago, but still, you know, by the time they a next another Star Wars movie comes out, how much time would have pa passed since you know the Force Awakens? Because you know, no one really counts the last two, right? <laughs> I know. I think. I think a lot of these franchises are just kind of like being. It just are just too, too old. They feel a little too old and and and, and not relevant anymore. I think that's the problem. And I, I don't know if and and people are moving on from comic book movies in general. So. Yeah, and they're they're kind of wanting more video game adaptations or anime adaptations and maybe this this type of you know part of the f fandom it's like kind of are dying out you know uh uh yeah i don't know i mean and that's why yeah. i say if they if they wait you know or they kind of stop production on a lot of things and i don't know if the fan base is going to be there in, in a couple of years you know who knows you know this is could be just the kind of a, a slow decline into the to the franchise or to the fandom, you know, but I don't know. Every time they put on a kind of a, a celebration, it looks like a lot of people show up. So I could be totally wrong. Man, it just feels like Disney really is just killing all these franchises. Yeah. Well, Disney, the studios are just kind of in a really rough spot and I, they kind of screwed themselves. You know, they, they bought all their competition and they didn't really kind of spent the last couple of years kind of you know, supporting new original work. And they were just kind of repeating and going back to the vault, opening the vault and kind of digging into their own kind of uh, IP. And, 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 you know, look, it, it made a lot of money, so it has worked for, for the, the short term, but for the long term, it hasn't helped them. So I think that's the problem. So that's our kind of thoughts on Ahsoka. It's, you know, we were hoping the best, but it really seems like another... Um, I don't know, just a kind of horrible 
Mm. I wouldn't say it's horrible, but just kind of like a disappointing uh, uh, effort. Uh, really, really quick before we move on, what do you think is more divisive? Um, the the recent Star Wars trilogy or uh, David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy? <laughs> well, you, you too... I I don't know what the how the Halloween core the hardcore Halloween audience. I mean, they, they do they really really hate that kind of this, those new films. Those I think a lot of people actually like Halloween Kills. Yeah, like I think from, from the, it's all from it's the, kind of scattered, from, right? So yeah, I think I think in a couple of years people are gonna maybe accept that uh, the, the the David Dor- David Gordon Green's uh, films and just <laughs> becomes part of this kind of I guess you know. Like you look at like, like season, a, season of the witch, where everyone hates seasons of the witch, but now it has kind of become this new cult film. That save you know, for the the Rob Zombie ones and the um, yeah. resurrection. Yeah, yeah. There's it's not there's like certain... Michael Myers will not be back. Right, right, right. I, I I'm afraid of like Exorcist, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, the new Exorcist film, you know. Okay, yeah. but I guess the answer is uh, Star Wars is still the most device. <laughs> yeah, because there's such as so many people who are, yeah. who are fans of it, and and I think there are large groups of of people in you know my generation, gener- generation X, who are just totally over it, and have gone on to uh, you know I don't know, I don't know what they've gone on to. They probably have gone on to. Uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> they have gone to real conspiracies, uh, Star Wars uh, conspiracies. No, I don't it's know. just it, it really feels like uh, they have moved on and maybe are just kind of uh, watching TV, like you know, which is what I find myself, you know, watching more TV than movies nowadays. Well, unlike Halloween, the um, Star Wars was never only just about the movies. It was the merchandise. You're right. So the right. studio wanted you wanted the Star Wars re all all the Star Wars reboots, whatever, to be successful merchandise wise. So they wanted to focus on the kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And sell toys. Sell toys. And and, and we so, all know those Star Wars toys stopped were not selling. They were not ones. selling. No, I mean the, the movies aren't that great for for kids or whatever. For um, they aren't going to be selling. So that's that's what it was. I mean, it was just a. Uh, um, they, 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 they focused on characters that they could sell, but they, they, they didn't focus on characters that are good. I mean, they gotta, they gotta like write for, I mean, Star Wars, you're spending like, uh, basically 200, $250 million each picture, right? I guess. Yeah. With all the special effects mm-hmm. and all that. So why? waste it start from the scratch i mean you gotta have to have a, a story first you have to you know and and do not just do one movie at a time and it's, it's just only if you're doing a trilogy <laughs> right i mean uh, you know you're gonna be uh, after doing a trilogy or whatever uh, you know set it up and have have the uh, uh the, the the second and third you know follow through don't just give them full pot carte blanche you mean to do whatever you want you mean do what george lucas did no i'm like what's what uh, uh ryan johnson killed the killed the, even though snook was just a horrible character that's the evil empire or whatever the darth vader of that mm-hmm. that series and he killed him off why <laughs> I mean, because he was, uh, you know, reverting your expectations. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we won the emperor back. That's that's exactly what. It was. Well, I don't think he. No, won, but, I, don't, I don't think he knew. He just no, just did of course it. not. But yeah. the, he that that's what it was. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy or whoever whatever said, yeah, okay, that sounds fine. You know, whatever. You know, kill off Snoke. Yeah, you're the 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 main architect of this this. But I mean, look like. You know, there there was a story about how Damon Lindelof was going to write the new uh, Star Wars trilogy or franchise, and uh, he was, you know, he was supposed to write it, and then he got fired or whatever. He was, uh, and then they brought out someone else. I mean, they're they're trying to ha- bring up writers, but it, it's so kind of if to us at least over here, you know, from that looking from the outside looking in, 
it feels kind of uh, dis- dysfunctional the way it's oh, managing all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. Because I think anyway. D- Damon Lindemoff was supposed to do that new Daisy Ridley sh- series, but then he was cut or he was fired and they add and You're really else. excited for that. You're really excited for that one, right? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm. I was not. Um. I'm. Not, I, I didn't blame Daisy Ridley. I think she was a you know a, a you know capable actress and no. But I mean, the writers like ruined that character by the third movie. Yeah, I mean, it was D.J. Abrams. You know, um, I'm. I'm. You know, I you Rich, you blame uh, um, Ryan Johnson. I I think I think J.J. Is oh, they're equal, both too. Yeah, they're equally. Both. Yeah, responsible. You know. Yeah. And, and they're both I, to blame and i and you know before those kind of uh, those 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 movies came out i was a big fan of jj and i was really thinking that he was gonna you know this is going to be the franchise and man i was so wrong mm-hmm. he was not the right guy not the right guy at all all right yeah. so let's get let's move on enough with star wars enough with ahsoka it's, it's available now it's on disney plus uh, and since uh, we're looking back at, at stuff like let's 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 bring something up out, out the cup okay um this week in theaters is the re-release of jurassic park the original which is 30 30 years ago in 3d yeah and and in 3d too yeah yeah, yeah too so it anyone care no i mean <laughs> I, it was shocking because it, yeah, it was such a big well, it's, movie. It's cinema. It's cinema uh, day this weekend, so maybe people oh. will go watch it for prop bucks. I remember during the last cinema day, um, I went to go see um, what's gonna call it, uh, Jaws, right? Well, it, it, to 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 go back to Jurassic Park and why I think there's no much fanfare around this. I mean, I it really felt like five years ago when they were kind of celebrating the 25th anniversary, and didn't they have like kind of a re-release, you know, a couple years ago? So. It, this is thirty years, and 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 um, I don't know. I think it's it 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 maybe maybe sometimes we go overboard with all the kind of uh, mm. anniversaries, you know? Because it, it didn't. Well, it just really doesn't feel like anything special. And you know, nineteen ninety three was a big big year of a lot of big movies. Jurassic Park was a a huge phenomenon, so it should be a, a bigger bigger celebration. But I, I don't. I'm not feeling it though. Well, there, there is one thing I because I do remember maybe you know, maybe it was five years ago I we I re no it was it was like maybe a couple of years ago I rewatched uh, Jurassic Park maybe it was because of of, of Dominion which I never really finished <laughs> I was gonna I was I got to like the first thirty minutes of of Dominion which is that's the last oh. one right Jurassic oh. World Dominion I never um, finished it I never finished it uh, I go I turned it off like I I can't I can't. I will yeah, actually finish that's, it. That wasn't the extended version. <laughs> that was yeah. The so anyway, I went back to uh, watch Jurassic Park, and this was a couple years ago. And there was a line in Jurassic Park, and it's a famous line that everyone remembers. It's like when when uh, Jeff Goldblum says to uh, Hammond, like you know, mm-hmm. your scientists were so uh, preoccupied with you know, whether or not they uh, could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Right? Remember that's a famous line. Uh-huh. So right before that scene, right before that scene, Jeff Goldblum says, which I think is much more a better line or a better uh, kind of concept. And I think it really explains, <laughs> and of course, this is 30 years ago, really explains the dilemma of entertainment right now. So mm-hmm. in that, so I got the, I'm, I pulled up the, the script here. This is on, uh, on IMDb, the, the quotes. So here, here's the here's the line right before he says that line. You know, for the recent one. For this is for Jurassic Park. This is the original. Yeah, the original, oh, the original Jurassic Park. The, the, this is what the, Jeff. Oh, okay, the original. So this is what Jeff Goldblum says to John Hammond, who's the, the the uh, you know Jurassic Park owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the line. I tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're using here. It didn't require any discipline to attain it. You read what others have done. You took the next step. You didn't earn that knowledge for yourself. You don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses to accomplish something as fast as you could. And before you even knew it, what you had, 
you panted it, you packaged it, you slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. And I remember watching that line, I go, oh, fuck, he's just talking about Marvel. He's talking about uh, <laughs> Star Wars. He's talking about everything that's happening right now in the studio system. And I, I'm go, that's, and I go, wow, everyone remembers that, you know, the scientists, you know, preoccupied whether they, sh- they could, or but they didn't stop, they should. Everyone remembers that line. But this mm-hmm. is the line what people should remember because it's it really is telling about, you know, commercializing other people's advancements or other, you know, he's, what Hammond is doing is he's he didn't attain this this kind of DNA thing. He's just stealing it from other people and he's putting, you know, he's slapping a label on it and he's he's making it, commercializing it, you know, so, you know, there you go. There's my uh, tribute to uh, Jurassic Park. Much deeper movie than you think. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, Raymond, let's talk about some of the movies you've seen in uh, on Blu-ray. You were talking about... Uh, just right before we recorded, uh, um, what was the movies? Uh... Oh, yeah, I've just been um, basically just rewatching a lot of stuff. Um, I, I guess the uh, besides the movies I've mentioned earlier, uh, the the main thing I've been rewatching is uh, I've been rewatching the Venture Brothers TV series or TV oh, show. Okay, because uh, the um, they have a new the, series the, or the a mov- new season, right? The the movie just came out. And oh, okay, it's the, supposed, movie. the movies the movie's supposed to be a finale to the series. And I was a few seasons behind. Uh, the most, the main reason I got a few seasons behind is because they take a few years every time they make a new season. So I was like, uh, every time, uh, every time a new season come out, I always had to rewatch the whole series. <laughs> and um, like, uh, I like like three or four seasons ago, I was just just like I I just couldn't keep up. I can't. <laughs> so uh, so now I'm 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 I've been binging the whole series again. Um, I'm, I got halfway through it, uh, but. Um, yeah, I've also been just watching a bunch of movies and stuff. And I recently, um, uh, just I, last night actually, I rewatched the uh, Aliens, and I rewatched Aliens because I'm going to a, a convention this weekend, and uh, at the convention uh, there's going to be a, a an Aliens reunion panel. So I was like, oh, let me rewatch Aliens. Uh, so um, I rewatched that. <laughs> what was and, uh, when was the last time you saw Aliens, the 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 James Cameron movie? Oh. Probably when it first came out on Blu-ray. Oh, so a while back then. Yeah. Did you see what was what was that see, like ten years ago? Did you ever see the extended version, the director's cut? Yeah. Is that the nineteen ninety three version? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't it's know. A, it's it's it really is. is it, just, I mean, is it the special edition? Yeah, is it's it, about fifteen minutes more. Yeah, it just I, goes I, it goes into I rem- Newt. No, I Newt's well, family. Last night I la, no, uh, I think I watched that last time, but uh, this time I watched the uh, theatrical. Mm. Personally, I think the theatrical cut is a lot better than the director's cut. Oh, I disagree. I mean, really? Well, I mean, I mean, out of all, out of a lot of director's cuts, I mean, I think the Aliens is actually more informative than, than, than most. Uh-huh. And I, I, I like just watching those scenes, the, um, the the Newt's uh, beginning and also uh, the the extra guns at the end. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, we. I mean, I think we see Newt's parents right we or a father yeah, at least yeah. father right yeah right in, in the original in the original newt newt is just a um just you know running around the sewers or whatever right and, and then and in the original cut it's like she's a big surprise she's like kind of uh right we think it's an alien but you know blah blah, blah. right it's a it's a little human girl in the director's cut i i want to say that ellen ripley's subplot about her daughter dying oh yeah, yeah was that in the yeah. director's cut or was that in the original cut i think that was in the director's cut yeah so that i would keep yeah. that if the, you know they wouldn't mm-hmm. yeah if they somehow keep that element because i think that helps with the third act why were these things cut just like for pacing or uh, time, yeah most yeah. likely yeah was... i mean i bet i uh on uh watching the theatrical cut last night i do like the kind of fast pacedness of it you know what i mean but mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I, I I didn't realize. Yeah, there there were a lot of like st- big story points missing. <laughs> I mean, I think we get the idea that 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 uh, Newt is a uh, you know, or, or or you know, Ripley is the kind of the mother figure to Newt, and and then she's fighting the mother alien. You know, that that's you know, get yeah. away from yeah. you, you bitch, is kind of the famous yeah, yeah, line, yeah. and that's all about kind of two mothers fighting for the you know this right. little kid. Or the daughter or child or whatever. And so I, 
yeah, I guess you don't need that kind of subplot, but I think it helps at least understanding her uh, Ripley's kind of um, need, I guess, for 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 to, uh, to well, be a she parent. Lost, I guess. You know? Yeah, she lost her, her her child or a real child. Yeah. Um, well, she it's, in... it's she lost it because of just old age. I mean, she when she was found, right, she, right, you know, so many years in in hyper sleep or whatever. Yeah, it's such a it's such a cool sequel. I mean, Raymond, you you're a big fan of the original, the the Ridley Scott mm-hmm. uh, Alien. And yeah, I, see, I have to watch that one again. That's been so. Yeah, I, I love I love the original uh, a, li- a little a, a bit more because it, to me it's it's more of a horror movie and right. It, I I think it's just like a really kind of effective kind of suspenseful kind of horror film in, in the vein of like you know halloween mm-hmm. i think it's kind of halloween in space oh in many ways, yeah know? yeah yeah <laughs> it's a monster it's definitely a monster movie right it's definitely a space mm-hmm. monster yeah i like I, I like it i like it a lot you know i think i think it's a really effective um but uh you know aliens is cool too um i, I think alien 3 is pretty cool too and um uh which one was the fourth one fourth resurrection one? oh yeah, resurrection okay resurrection that movie kind of that's not great <laughs> yeah a- avp uh is not great either i rewatched avp a couple years ago it wasn't as bad as i remembered like from like when i was a little kid mm-hmm. but it's so like watered down and safe and like you know pg-13 and like i think like everything that you know kind of made those kind of alien predator badass kind of stripped away in that movie and then the 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 third one, or, or not the third one, but Alien vs Predator Requiem, it's just like kind of a, kind of like a cheap, <laughs> kind of like a cheap uh, horror movie sequel, like a cheap slasher. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's it's not great, but I don't, I guess I don't hate it as much as some people. Uh, my favorite uh, kind of story about Aliens was that James Cameron was writing Rambo: First Blood Part Two at the same time of Aliens. Mm-hmm. That's why they're both kind of have this military aspect to it, and from what I remember, I'm not sure if I didn't double check this, but from what I remember, because I I remember watching all those kind of featurettes, I think he said this that he would have a he would have two desks in his office, like one desk would mm-hmm. be all his Rambo stuff, like all the notes and stuff, mm-hmm. and the other desk would be all the alien stuff, all the notes, and you know his, he would write the script. And so when he would be tired of writing Rambo, he would just go to walk to the other desk and just, you know, start writing, start picking up where he left off on, on Aliens. And he would do that back and forth, back and forth. And I thought that was, and then, you know, it kind of almost makes sense because, you know, Aliens has such a kind of a Rambo-like thing, it, even though that it, it's much more of a anti-corporate uh, uh, film or, you know, maybe like a, a the corporization of, of, of military, you know, like, I love the whole, uh, you know, we're grunts and they don't, they don't mean nothing. And Paul Reiser's the real a villain in the in Aliens. You know, he's the real asshole in the movie, and he's like the corporate shill and shit. You know, so you know, I love it. I fucking love Aliens. I mean, I saw Aliens before Alien, the first movie. Mm. So I that uh, and Aliens is, I would say, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, Aliens, yeah. Elephant Man. <laughs> jazz singer <laughs> and john carpenter's vampires right <laughs> i love good now i wouldn't say there's one of my favorites but I, I do love that movie. <laughs> but good, goodfellas is my favorite goodfellas is my ultimate that's favorite. your that's your four letter box <laughs> yes yeah yeah i would now nah, may, maybe jazz singer i would switch that off with something else but uh yeah you would put the um uh, you would put the uh what what was that movie <laughs> Which one? Who's in it? Oh, from like the nineteen forties, like um like with the blackface. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, so jazz the, the jazz singer, right? Oh no. Oh. Uh, Al Jolson. Al Jolson, yeah, yeah. That's that's Mike's that's Mike's <laughs> my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> no, what's it called? You like the um you you showed it to me, the the movie that you like, um the jazz um uh fuck now i forgot it um bob fossey uh uh all that jazz oh. all that jazz yeah did i say uh, jazz singer <laughs> yeah, no. all no. that jazz all that jazz it's fine right. 
Yeah, jazz singer. Uh, I mean, all that jazz, yes. The Bob Fosse's all that. <laughs> but, I mean, look, all that jazz, <laughs> the, the editing and all that jazz really kind of revolutionized what we think of edit, editing now. If you see the editing in all that jazz, <clears throat> and I guess, I guess you could say in all Bob Fosse's movies, um, it really became like what we are, you know, or at least when I was growing up, what we were told, what we would call the MTV editing style, which is now became more commonplace nowadays, which is like multiple cuts, you know, different angles and stuff like that. And it kind of all, well, at least for me, it all kind of started with that, all that jazz. And that's why I was so fascinated by it. And also, you know, it was like kind of one of the first kind of R-rated movies I saw, I guess, uh, with Elephant Man. I would I would replace all that jazz. You know, you were talking about the you know my you know the letterbox best four. I would say all that jazz or um, one flew over the cuckoo's That's nest. Oh. I would kind of you know replace either two. You know either that because one flew over the cuckoo's nest or Deer Hunter. These were the kind oh, wait, of. Oh the... uh, you're forgetting about Zoot Suits. <laughs> well, I saw Zoot Suits a lot later in life, and I love Zoot Suits. <laughs> That, that's the top that's the top 10 <laughs> i would maybe even put la bamba up there you know la bamba is such a great film but um uh, which is the same you know same director um you would put american me over both of them <laughs> american me's also i would put bloody and blood out i would put born in east la <laughs> you know is, this is your top 10 <laughs> yeah this might be all, this is my latino top 10 <laughs> a subgenre. letter that's the latino <laughs> version of of uh of letterbox throwing el chicano <laughs> I would put Blue Beetle, <laughs> Billy Brown, <laughs> Billy Brown. Oh, yeah, all that. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get to it. Right. Well, you know what? Here's a movie that we all saw recently. We didn't really talk about it, but this was uh, a movie that came out uh, on the first for the first time in 4K. Uh, After Hours, Martin oh, yeah. Scorsese's overlooked uh, black comedy that came out in 1985. When I say black comedy, I mean like a dark comedy. Um, and it yeah, starred uh, Griffin Dunn. And he is a a, uh, a guy who kind of stuck, he's stuck in, in Soho. I think that's what it's called. Soho uh, in New York, the Soho district for a whole night. And he's trying to escape. It's kind of like a, you know, kind of a uh, dark comic uh, I don't know. How would you? I, I, to me, I would say it, it reminded me of like a, a, a Coen Brothers film, right? Yeah, something just kind of a little off kiltered, a little kind of offbeat, and and I don't know. I was a big fan of this movie. Uh, I didn't realize it just came out in first for the first time in 4K. It's it's done by the Criterion Collection. Uh, Raymond, you you saw this for the first time just you know a uh, a month ago. And it's a movie I've always wanted to see my whole life since I was a little kid, just because like it's a Martin Scorsese kind of dark comedy that um, you know has has you know Cheech and Chong in, in brief appearances, and right. I'm like, what what the hell is this movie, right? And I could never find it. It was a, a movie that was kind of hard to find, and I'm sure you could have like bought it digitally at some point, but um, yeah, I'm sure it was forgot available, about it. I, available on I, some I just, streaming services, yeah, at the time, yeah. But I just kind of forgot about it over the years. And um, when I saw that Criterion was putting out, I had to pick it up. And uh, I finally watched the movie and um, I, I didn't love it. It's not, it's definitely a good movie, but uh, it's definitely a, a, you know, a good movie. But it just didn't quite click for me the way I was expecting. Mm -hmm. um, and the uh, uh, Griffin Dunn's, uh, for me, was kind of like miscast. Mm -hmm. Like I, he didn't really work in the movie for me. I love him in, uh, uh, you know, American Werewolf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he he just didn't work for me his character his character didn't work for me here and um maybe it was played by someone else but um the movie was all right i guess it's just yeah well i mean not my favorite it's a movie that came out uh right after the king of comedy and it, i think it's a good pairing with the king of comedy because that is considered the other scorsese dark comedy mm -hmm. uh uh and what's your feelings about the king of comedy raymond I like that one a lot more. Okay, so see, I'm the opposite. I'm not. I was never a big fan of the King of Comedy, and even tried to rewatch it uh, two years ago, a year ago, and yeah, I was I I, I was not a fan of it. I, I, it's such a great performance from um, Robert De Niro. Oh yeah, though. I mean, yeah. it's like it's his performance alone kind of carries the movie. 
and um I, I i think there's a lot of great like uncomfortable humor in that movie i for me for me what's fascinating about after hours for me is like there, I, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that i'm like okay this is supposed to be funny but it's not clicking for me <laughs> you know what i mean like there, there's a lot of stuff like okay i see i see the joke here mm -hmm. it's just not it's just not landed for me <laughs> so that happened a lot for me throughout it and rich you you recently rewatched uh, or just uh, maybe you watched After Hours uh, uh, and you were yeah saying I, thought you I, totally I thought forgot. I saw, yeah, yeah I thought I saw it before but I never I guess I never finished it but this time we watched the whole thing and yeah I kind of agree with both of you it's just not it's not it's not up to par with um, with Scorsese at all but it's it was just okay I mean it was I mean uh it it, it um it, it was just a, a one off. Mm -hmm. you know it was easy well to, no i think out us out us three i loved this movie more than you guys i mean i think i still think yeah but you up. obviously like bringing out the dead a lot more and uh i, I didn't see that one i think bringing out the dead is awesome <laughs> I yeah see and people but, hate um, yeah people hate that people hate that hates that movie. But, but i i think i might right. like that one though um i have a feeling i might like bringing out the dead i knew well, i didn't check that out and it's bringing out the dead is, is that streaming is, anywhere right now I just I just was watching it. Uh, it was on Pluto Pluto, which with ads. It was on Pluto. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's available oh. somewhere. And I was watching the end end tale of it, and I'm like, man, this is. And it kind of reminded me a lot of uh, After Hours. You know, mm -hmm. Bring Out the Dead's about uh, yeah Nicholas oh, Cage. Oh, so on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah. Or no, never or, never uh, mind. I think that's what a subscription. Oh, and uh, you know, it stars to something. That that movie came out in 1999. I remember seeing that movie in theaters. That starred Nicolas Cage. He is a uh, paramedic, and he is basically. I think we go over the course of three days or so uh, in his life. It's, he, it's very similar. It's, it's kind of very similar. It's but, very similar uh, in the fa in the sense that it's also kind of darkly comedic. Yeah. I would say Bringing Out the Dead is much more darker, but oh, yeah. it's also a guy who's stuck in in, mm -hmm. in New yeah. York, and he's right. like kind of stuck in these doing you know in the streets, and at the time of I think the. The movie's set somewhere in the '90s, and it's during the, the rise of a certain uh, street drug that's uh, that's killing people. And he's like, kind of, you know, he has to take care of kind of the overdose and stuff like that, but also deal with like homeless people and stuff like that. So I, I it's such a crazy movie, and it, it, you know, the the the, I didn't realize that that the the two movies kind of are very similar in in tone. It's like you know, you know, Scorsese has this kind of wicked wicked sense of humor and uh so you know when i rewatched uh after hours i was really just hooked on it i, I was like wow this movie I, I think it works a lot more or at least for me it worked a lot more than uh when i originally saw it back in i don't know early 2000s or something like in, in on on tv or something mm -hmm. um oh yeah uh bring bringing at the dead uh is on paramount plus uh yeah i saw i saw it on pluto which is a, a ad uh, supported uh, free uh, app, so I'm, I know it's on theirs. But um, yeah, it's on Paramount. Yeah, Paramount Plus. I just um, added it in my list. Uh, we, we should probably review that at some point. Sure, sure. We should we should go like um, which, like some we should one? like go through like some of, of Scorsese's uh, no, no no less no lesser known movies or or what's more what's more wacky, Bringing Out the Dead or Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I think fear and loathing by <laughs> yeah, mile. Really, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think bring out dad's pretty wacky, but I mean, yeah, fear and loathing it's out there, you know. Uh, yeah. No, but uh, to to go back to after hours, I think you know the idea that you know Griffin Dunn plays a kind of guy who works in an office and he's stuck. Uh, he, you know, he goes out at night to pursue this woman that he just met, who's played by Patricia, Pat not Patricia, Rosanna. Yeah. Rosanna Arquette, and now I'm just realizing, uh, breaking out, bringing out the dead has R Patricia oh, Arquette. Oh, 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 so yeah, there's yeah, even yeah. that kind of connection. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Rosanna Arquette. Arquette in After Hours, and this is you know in her prime, she's like at this time. I mean, I think at the same year she's doing Desperately Seeking Susan, which was her breakout performance. That's the one with Madonna, and so um, yeah, I think After Hours. Uh, and, and you know, in that pursuit of trying to hook up with her, she, he gets stuck in Soho, and 
you know, she be, she turns out to be a wacky girl and he wants to leave. And then he's just kind of stuck in this kind of neighborhood. And I think what I really liked about it is that, you know, Scorsese is known for the gritty streets of New York. And here he he's we're seeing him like taking on Soho, which is kind of more of the bohemian art, you know, art, underground art kind of uh, neighborhood of New York. So it's a totally different New York. And you, you, you forget like New York is a big city and has all these different kind of uh, neighborhoods. And I just, you know, I just, I was just shocked. I'm not shocked, but I was just kind of, was amazed by Scorsese's visual take on, on Soho. And, 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 you know, this is also, you know, I, when I see these old movies, I, I see, I see them as like snapshots of a, of a time and, but I, yeah, I'm a big fan of After Hours, <laughs> so I would totally recommend it. And you know, it's it's on 4K. It's on a Criterion right now. I don't know how you guys feel. Should should people check out After Hours? Yeah, and um, the movie kind of reminded me of an old um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, a Jack Lemon movie, um, where where he gets. Stuck with his wife in uh, New York or whatever. What was it? What was it called? Um, the Out of Towners. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. So, uh, I would say check out the Out of Towners <laughs> instead of After Hours. Hey, man. Uh, uh, Jack Lemmon is awesome in every movie, <laughs> and that should be that that movie should be seen. Eventually. I wonder if all those movies are kind of available. I I, I I'm a. Uh-uh. I'm a, you know Jack Lemmon's movies. Yeah, Jack, well, yeah, his '70s movie. I think a lot of '70s movies are not available on streaming and stuff. You know, probably not. They're they're kind of lost. You know, and I think some of these early '80s stuff are kind of lost. And yeah, I remember seeing the Out of Towners in in uh, when I was a kid. Theaters. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was watching After Hours, the one movie that it reminded me of was was uh, Jonathan Demme's um, Something Wild. Where mm. it was very similar, where you know you got this kind of uh, yuppie, you know, with Jeff Daniels with that one. So Jeff, well, Daniels, I just meant like uh, being trapped in the city, whatever. right? Right, the idea. But I mean, with Jeff, with uh, something wild, uh, Jeff Daniels is uh, this yuppie in New York who who encounters um, Melanie Griffin, mm-hmm. and she's sure. kind of like the same kind of girl type, you know, uh, as a. Uh, Rosario uh, Arquette, you know, or not Rosario, <laughs> Rosario Dawson. No, uh, uh, um, Rosanna. Rosanna Arquette. Uh, anyway, after hours, Raymond, would you recommend it? I don't know. <laughs> Even after all these years of of uh, uh, thinking about it, wanting to see it, it's, now you saw it's it. Not a, it's not a bad movie. I don't know if I would recommend going out of your way and buying it, though. Well, I definitely think After Hours does it does fit in that part of that kind of yuppie uh, type of films that came out in the mid eighties, you know, but as you know, all of them were kind of set in New York. Uh, based off what Mike's saying, I'll say, I recommend Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two <laughs> with the opening scene, you know, with uh Leatherface, you know, killing some yuppies. Yeah. There you go. The other great yuppie uh, cinema. Maybe we should do a whole list of our great yuppies uh, cinema movies of the eighties. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about Fate of Black. It's a movie that, uh, you know, on a lark, we just we were just watching, and you know, Raymond came over, and it's a movie that I had for on on uh, available, and it was something that I heard about. It was this cult movie in 1980. It's a kind of a, I guess you could say a horror comedy, but really it's just kind of a weird movie. It stars uh, Dennis. Chris, Christopher, who's from, uh, I guess at the time, was just kind of known for his uh, breakout performance in Breaking Away, the 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 cyclist movie. Yeah, and he's Quaid. also in It. Well, yeah, yeah. I think after this movie, he, he was in It, the, the miniseries. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. And he recently, he kind of hooked up, he hooked up with Quentin Tarantino, and he appeared in Jangle Unchained. And did he uh, appear in something else with uh, Tarantino? I don't know, but uh, yeah, he. I mean, look, this is a young performance from him. This is kind of it. Also, it's funny because I didn't realize it also features a really young Mickey Rourke in the movie. 
Right. Uh, so basically, it's a it's a, about a, a dude who works at a um, a warehouse where where they store film canisters, film films, reels, film reels. Yeah. It's set in Los Angeles. Uh, he's working kind of this dead end job. He's a big movie nerd. He loves horror movies. Loves monster movies. Loves movies in general. You know, he's like a big movie nerd. He gets uh, infatuated with this one a woman who looks like Marilyn Monroe and you know, it becomes much more kind of, he, I guess he increasingly becomes the mental, uh, demented. And then he starts killing people or you get, you know, he's kind of like this, um, he gets bullied around. He gets bullied by Mickey Rourke, who's his, his coworker. And, uh, you know, finally he snaps, it snaps in his brain and he kind of, you know, starts i don't know if it's it's weird he doesn't necessarily kill people he kind of just pushes back yeah. and unfortunately when he pushes back people die <laughs> he does kill them he doesn't kill i guess them, so though, right? i guess so, yeah he's eventually shoot, yeah. shooting them with a gun yeah he's that's just true there i mean there's there, but there i think the first part it where... starts it starts with him intentionally killing his mother oh no, no that was was his mother or was his aunt? Or, or his aunt, his aunt, right? Yeah, his aunt. It's the one who was uh, the landlord to the, the house. It was basically, he was staying like in. they were doing a whole like kind of psycho, like, psycho, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 the psycho, like <laughs> a bit obsessed with movies. No, um, this is like a this, this, like. Let me just say this is a this is a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I kind of loved it because there there's so much charm to it. Like this is. This director never worked again, and he deserved <laughs> and he deserved to never work again. But I don't know, like watching this movie, I was like, now I understand why there's why some people like Boondock Saints. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, I hate Boondock Saints. I never under I never saw what people saw in that movie. <laughs> but seeing this piece of shit movie, I was like. Oh, this could be my Boondock Saints, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, or this is like kind of like the room, you know what I mean? Right. Like there's, right. there's a certain charm to it, but it's not as bad as the room. You know what I mean? It's 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 a better movie than that, but but it, it's 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 pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad, and and I think the message it's trying to say is like so like confused and all over the place, and uh, it has like its heart in the right place, I think. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's so bad. I think Roger Ebert liked it. He gave you a thumbs up. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I agree with Ebert and I agree with Raymond. There is a certain charm because it's such a low budget movie. It, you know, a lot of the the shots, you know, it's it's like in the, it takes place in in the, in in Los Angeles, Hollywood, really. Yeah, Hollywood area. And you see, like I was saying about After Hours, sometimes when you go back and watch these old movies, there are like- It's a capsule movie also. Yeah. Uh It it feels like this was like one of the rare movies that's able to capture that 1980s Los Angeles, which is now totally different. Richard and, saw the 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 store he used to shop at the, the pictures the picture store. Yeah, I mean, it looked like some places like Hollywood Book and Poster or, or no, similar area, no, or a similar yeah. a similar store in yes, in Hollywood. it had to be similar. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it, it's it in 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 that sense, it's almost like it. Yeah, like like a time capsule, and so and so that whole stuff it kind of works for me. But Dennis Christoph or uh, uh, Christopher, Christopher, who I thought it's a. A really decent actor. I thought he was really good in breaking away, and also he's good, good in, in. He's good in parts of the movie. I mean, I think, and and I think I know I liked him in Django. He was really good in Django, and I know there was some kind of uh, story of that that Tarantino was a big fan of his, and that's why he he cast him. I, yeah, I didn't necessarily like his performance in this one. I mean, he really f- felt like an amateur. But then again, that amateur performance does bring a sense of of goofiness and campiness to the movie too that's a little sh- charming i don't know i don't know rich rich i think you're the one out of us three hated this movie the most what was your thoughts on, on watching it it's uh, yeah it's just like it's on a threshold of leave i'm 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 about to leave 
<laughs> or, or I'm about to nod off. Or you're about to walk, walk away. Or I'm, about, yeah. or I'm about to say, just go ahead, change this or something. You know, uh, you're, you're about to throw a hot dog at the yeah, movie yeah, screen uh, and or, leave. I, I want to go take a piss, but don't bother. Don't bother. Pause it. Don't pause yeah. it for me. Uh, but yeah, um, I think the best part of this movie is Tim Thomerson, the the, the uh, actor. Um, <laughs> Tim Thomason his character uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a, a PI I guess <laughs> totally like the first half of the movie I did not understand what was his character I thought he was a detective and then we realized that he was a uh yeah what was he he was a he was a psychiatrist or something I thought he was a private investigator a pri- uh, uh, work working the working the, the case to, I think he's I, don't a, know. I think he was a psychiatrist who well well I kind of a profiler well, yeah. Oh, okay, well, I, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. This, this is this is the best time to bring up that there's so many, like, kind of, like, missing, like, kind of key lines of dialogue that would explain why certain things are happening in the movie. Like, just, there's so much, like, missing that makes this a coherent film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think that also makes it charming. <laughs> yeah, because it Because it it's a competent movie, but it feels incompetent. Because it is incompetent, but it's competent enough, and because it's the movie feels so confident in itself if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, you know what does. I mean? It does. Um, yeah, I mean to go back to like uh, Tim uh, Tim Thomerson, who's kind of like this, you know, c- comic actor, or nah, I guess just a regular character actor. He was an Iron Eagle. He was a lot of <laughs> movies in the eighties. He was a, he started his career in in comedy. Ruthless people, ruthless people. Yes, and I, for the longest time, I thought he starred in Lonesome Dove, and it really was like me. No, 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 Tom Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was. I always thought that was Tim Thomerson. I go, oh fuck, he's a great actor because he's in Lonesome Dove, and he played so yeah. great opposite uh, Robert du- Duvall. And it really wasn't until like maybe two, early two thousands I go, oh, that's Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I'm. I'm uh, I was way off, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a guy who was always, you know, appeared in. Uh, was he also in the um, Who's Harry? Who's Harry Crumb? Was that? I him? think so. I think so, so he's he was kind of this uh, fixture of '80s movies, and this is early on. This is 1980, and there's some really odd scenes in this movie because he at one point he has a sex scene with a with a hmm. officer. Because he has a relationship with this woman officer, and I'm like, who's that? And so I, I was looking it up, like kind of the the, the trivia, and so oh. the one that that one woman is a uh, her name was Gwen Guilford, mm-hmm. who apparently is Chris Pine's mother. Okay. And in that production and in the, in, the, in the shooting of the movie, she was pregnant with Chris Pine. Oh, so okay. in, and in essence, this is Chris Pine's first movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and so she was, uh, she was, she was pregnant, and so uh, that's kind of yeah. a, a weird connection with Chris Pine. So yeah, the second half of this film looks like it went off the rails, and I think the uh, they had a they had to like uh, make things up and shit like that. It because it, the the, the storyline. Oh, I mean, yeah, it never they, really was on the rails, but but uh, well, I mean, part of it's kind of like a, a parody of Psycho, and then yeah. then there's, there is a slasher film element to it, and you know, I think the endearing stuff is like the main character is a movie fan, you know, and you know, I maybe mean, that's why this has this movie has emerged as one of the cult movies, you know, like it's not, I don't know if it's a cult favorite, but it's it's a cult movie, people. I mean that's the reason why I, I had it available to watch, but I, I never really took the plunge to watch it until you guys uh, until uh, Raymond came over. But I did like that there was one you know in the movie the uh, the main character he puts on different faces he puts on Dracula at one point he, face and then he puts on you know he dresses up as the mummy when he kills people but there was a one scene where he he dresses up as Hoppy Long Hop Along. Uh, Cassidy, a cowboy outfit, and I thought it was pretty effective. I, I I was like, oh, that's pretty pretty cool. Like I think that was that that could have been something, you know. It could have been like a cool slasher look, you know. 
So um, maybe I get giving it too much credit because <laughs> it's um, it is a kind of like a Elvira type of you know cheesy movie. You know. Yeah. Well, I I will say that um, uh, the movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do, do you think that it deserves to be like to find an audience, or does this? Well, I, I guess it has because after we watched the movie, we went on YouTube and we saw all these like reviews for the movie, and there's like there's definitely a cult following. There's a lot of people that was... online that are like love it. Yeah, but when we looked in the YouTube, there was a maybe a couple, you know, one or two or three. It's not like a, a huge, huge. It's not one of those like major cult films that everyone you know talks about it's kind of just for been... this movie for this movie it was pretty major <laughs> i mean yeah. it's on, it's on the i mean we're, look we're, we were talking about how you know he's 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 going to be talk he's he's going to be at uh uh dennis christopher is going to be at uh son of monster palooza this year oh signing oh autog- signing, signing autographs for faded black oh really i didn't realize that okay oh yeah <laughs> so the i want to say this the writer director of the movie of fate of fate of black is uh vernon Zimmerman, uh, like like Rich or like Raymond was saying that uh, he hasn't really directed anything since then. Uh, he did write a couple of things, and his claim to fame, I guess, his only claim to fame after this movie was he wrote the movie, and this is a cult movie, Teen Witch, and uh, that was written by Fate of Black, uh, or it was co-written by uh, Fate of Black uh, uh, director, uh, Teen Witch. So there you go. That's his claim to fame right there. Um, I, I I'm being harsh, but I I think Fate to Black is a terribly fun time watching a shitty movie. It's just like The Room. There's right? some merits you're saying. Not really, but I mean it's a fun time if you like watching bad movies. You also have to have a very specific sense of humor, you know, to to enjoy this movie. So it's, it's kind of hard to recommend it to a specific audience. But I if you like if you like watching like a specific type of bad movie, I think you'll get up a lot of fun with it. Like me and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. That was uh, Fate of Black, another movie that we recently watched. All right, that's uh, I guess that's uh, we'll put uh, we'll we'll end things right there, and uh, we we'll, hopefully we'll be back n- next week. We'll talk about something that uh, more recent stuff, not some of these older movies that we've seen. Thank you for listening to Insight Flicks. Tell a friend about the podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> we're available on all platforms and uh yeah bye-bye everyone please clap i feel like like jeb please clap <laughs> <laughs>